Good evening. It's good to see you all back out this evening. It's been a joy to sing and pray together once again on this Lord's Day. And now a great opportunity to open up His Word and to take a few moments at the close of the Lord's Day to spend some time thinking and talking about a topic that uh, on the surface could perhaps be a bit challenging, at least in the way that it's addressed in large part because of how culture and society has chosen to address this topic. But it's an important one, and one that we need to spend some time thinking about, studying about, praying about, and reading about from God's Word. The role of the woman in the church is one that can oftentimes, if we're not careful, those conversations can tend to be almost exclusively about what women can't do in the Lord's Church. And we're going to talk this evening about some of the guidelines and the parameters that God has established through his word in regards to a woman's role within the church. We're certainly going to spend some time making sure that we understand those guidelines and the boundaries that God has set up that cannot be overlooked. It's an extremely important part of this conversation. But once those boundaries and those guidelines and those parameters are established, then it's important for us to, within those boundaries and within those guidelines, to look at the ways in which women can flourish within the Lord's church and uncover the true potential that each woman has in their service to the Lord and in the benefit to the local body here at Traders Point. And so those boundaries are important, but let's not get so focused on those that we miss the great gifts that God has given to women who choose to follow him and to serve him within the local body. And just as a side point, that is going to be the exclusive direction in which we're going to look at this topic. We're not going to talk about a woman's role within the home. We're not going to talk about a woman's role within society or culture at large. This is exclusively a conversation in regards to a woman's role within the church. Okay, and So there's a lot more that could be said about the roles that women play in a variety of different settings in which they operate. But this evening, we're going to spend our time exclusively looking at their role within the church. And just as a way of kind of previewing what we're going to talk about, we're not going to necessarily look at all of these passages of Scripture this evening, but we are going to look at quite a few. And so I wanted to put them up on the screen behind me. And so if you are interested in doing some more studying about this topic on your own, these aren't all of the passages of Scripture that you could turn to, but it's certainly a good start. And so if you'd want to jot some of those down and do some studying on your own, that would be great. So I'm going to leave this up behind me for just a couple of minutes. So if you're interested in jotting those down, you can. And then as we go through the course of our study this evening, we'll look at some of those together. There's a couple of passages that I want us to turn our attention to before we dive too deeply into the topic for this evening. I want to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a a passage of scripture that, that we turn to quite often to talk about the different roles that God has given each of us within his body. But it's important, I think, at the outset of a conversation like this, to remind ourselves of the fact that God has given each of us different gifts and abilities. And so I want to read verses 12 through 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 together. 
as we begin to lay some foundational work in regards to this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse number 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? The reason I think this is an important passage to begin with is because it's important for us all, all, to realize that each of us have a role to play within the body of Christ. And if we are constantly desiring a role or a gift or an ability or a skill set that God did not create us for, did not design us for, did not bless us for, then we will never be able to truly unlock the potential that God has given to each of us. That's called jealousy. That's called envy. What God is calling each of us to do is to realize that he has blessed us all, but he has done so differently, and he has done so intentionally, so that the body can be complete, so that the body can be built up, And so when we talk specifically about the roles that women have to play within the Lord's body, I don't want us to look at that from the perspective of, well, that means I can't do this and I really want to do that. Or or, that means you're telling me I can't be involved in this. Well, yes, perhaps that's true. But that's because God has prepared you for a different role a role that he needs you to fill, a role that I need you to fill, a role that all of us need each other to fill in order for the body to be complete. And so when we think about the roles that God has prepared for women, let's think about just how vital they are to the completion of the Lord's body and how without them, the Lord's church wouldn't be what God intended for it to be from the beginning. Along the same lines, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. As Peter here writes to Christians in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10, he'll say this, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of of God. You see, once we recognize the gifts that God has given to each of us and the abilities that he has provided to us, it's now our responsibility, our responsibility 
to be good stewards of those gifts, to be good stewards of what God has prepared me to do within his kingdom, and utilize those gifts to their fullest. And so that's what I want us to consider this evening as we talk about some of the roles that God has prepared for women. Now, there are certainly areas in which God has made no distinction between man or woman. And he makes that very clear in a passage like Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28 as he talks about the fact that everyone now can take advantage of the gift that God has given to us to be a part of his family. And he, ex- he very explicitly makes the point that it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Greek. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. That opportunity is open and available to all. And we see that throughout the pages of the New Testament. We see women like Dorcas and Lydia, Phoebe and Priscilla in the book of Acts, women who are involved in the Lord's work and who are fulfilling their role and their potential that God has given to them. And as a result, they are helping and encouraging and building up those who are helping serve others and grow the kingdom of God. All of us have a responsibility and an opportunity to be children of God, male or female, it does not matter. But within the family of God, he has given each of us different roles. And so let's look at some of those together this evening. Let's start in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And as you have probably studied before, if you've studied through 1 Corinthians a time or two, you'll realize that there were some significant problems at the church in Corinth. And there were some issues that Paul had to deal with and had to help set them straight on a few things. And one of the things that Paul will do as he writes to the church in Corinth is he will help establish order within their assemblies. And he's doing that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Begin with me in verse number 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Along the same lines, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, again, Paul writing, this time to his dear friend Timothy. And listen to what he has to say, beginning in verse number 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 2. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. And so we can see in both of these letters that Paul is writing, he's giving some similar direction in regards to women within the Lord's church. And he sets some of those boundaries that we talked about at the outset. He establishes some parameters for women to operate within. They they are not to be vocal within the Lord's church. They're not to be teachers within the Lord's church. And he even gives a reason for that in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It stems from Eve's sin in the garden, and it is a consequence of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, as I mentioned a moment ago, there is a, nece- there is a need for order within the Lord's body. 
And when we assemble together, God wants it to be in an orderly fashion. And so he's establishing some perimeters to help establish that. And so you can see the reasoning and the logic behind the boundaries and the guidelines that God sets up for a woman within the Lord's body. And once those boundaries and those guidelines are appropriately understood and appropriately established, then it's important to take that next step and see, okay, with those boundaries and those guidelines understood, what is the role? What are the roles that a woman is to fill within the Lord's church? What can she be doing in order to truly unlock the potential that God created her to have? So there's three things that I want you to think about this evening, and they're not exhaustive, and they're not intended to be exhaustive in any way, but but as I was studying through this, there were three really important things that stood out to me in regards to the roles that women have to fill within the Lord's body that I thought would be beneficial for us to give some thought to together this evening. And so the first one uh, stems from the instructions that Paul is going to give in regards to elders and deacons. And you can turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you'd like. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul there uh, gives some instructions and some guidelines and some qualifications for deacons and for elders within the Lord's body. And in both of those instances, when giving the qualifications for those roles, in verse number 2 of chapter 3, an elder is to be blameless and the husband of one wife. If you drop down to verses 11 and 12, as he gives directions to deacons, he will say, likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. Now, we've, we've talked a lot about the importance that the elders and deacons play in the local body. It is the structure that God intends for his local body to have to have an eldership that oversees and shepherds the flock, to have deacons who serve the physical needs of the body here at Traders Point. That is how God designed and structured the local church to function. And without godly women, it all falls apart. Without Karen Stockton and Nikki Corder and Kimberly Wilson, we do not have an eldership at Traders Point. Think about that for a moment. Think about how crucial it is that we raise and nurture godly women so that the Lord's church can be structured in the way that God intended for it to be. Because without them, it can't. An elder cannot meet the qualifications to hold that role without a wife by his side. A deacon cannot meet the qualifications to do the work that he is called to do without a godly wife by his side. The Lord's church cannot be what God intended for it to be without godly women who are willing to fulfill the role that God has given to them. We see how crucial that is. Certainly here locally, we can see that as we have three wonderful elders, we have 20 deacons here at Traders Point. And we would have none of it, none of it, without godly women who are fulfilling the role and the purpose that God had given to them in their lives. And it is so important that we teach our young women just how important that is, 
just how big of a role they play in making sure that the Lord's church flourishes and that the body is complete in the way that God wants it to be. Secondly, turn over to Titus chapter 2. Just a couple of pages over from where you were in 1 Timothy. Much of Titus chapter 2 can be looked at in regards to this conversation. We're going to actually look at a couple of verses here together this evening. I want to begin by just reading verses 1 through 5 of Titus chapter 2. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Think about the role. Think about the role that God is calling women to fulfill in what we just read. Women are called to be teachers of good things. Now, we've already established some of the boundaries and the parameters under which we need to operate. And so we need to look at this from the context of within those boundaries and those parameters. But did you hear what they're supposed to teach and the importance of that? They are to teach good things. They are to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Does that sound important to you? If godly women aren't fulfilling the role of teaching good things through their behavior, teaching good things to younger women, what's the result of neglecting that responsibility? The word of God would be blasphemed. That's how important that responsibility is. I think about the role that women not only play here in our Bible class programs, but the role that they play at home as teachers, the role that they play within the lives of one another. Wow. The Lord's church flourishes when women are fulfilling the role of teaching good things. And it is a responsibility a responsibility that God not only has given to women, but a responsibility that God has prepared women for. Prepared women for. He has provided them the ability to do these things that he hasn't necessarily given to me. They're, they're fulfilling a role that I can't fill. They're, they're doing a work that God specifically designed them for. And it helps the next generation grow up to know God. The next generation to grow up understanding their roles and their responsibilities within the church. And so not only does the Lord's body grow and thrive and flourish today, but they are helping to prepare the next generation to do the very same thing. 
a hugely important role and responsibility that God has given to women within the Lord's body. And last, I'm going to ask you to turn back over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I told you there were several things within 1 Timothy chapter 2 that were important. We're going to look at another one together, this time in verse number 10 of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's back up to verse 8 to pick up at the beginning of that sentence. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women, professing godliness with good works. I want you to think about the end of verse 10. But which is proper for women, professing godliness with good works. What does it look like to profess godliness? If you were to try and define that, how would you define the idea of professing godliness? I, I, think, about, I, I think about just everything about them pointing to God. That the actions that they take, the words that they say, the way that they conduct themselves, specifically in the context here, the way that they dress and present themselves, everything about them points to God. And just being in their presence and speaking with them and knowing them, you see how important God is in their lives, and you want to know God more yourself. Professing godliness through good works. That, that's a role that, that Paul, writing to Timothy, specifically gives to women. A responsibility that they have through the way that they conduct themselves to profess godliness everywhere that they go. What a huge responsibility that is. And what a blessing it is to have women in a local body who fulfill the, that specific role. That when they're out in the community, they are professing godliness. When they're within the walls here, they're professing godliness. When they're teaching our children, they're professing godliness. When they dress, they are professing godliness. When they speak, professing godliness. What a huge role that is, and what a wonderful example they set when fulfilling that role. And it's a role that God designed you for, women. It's a role that he's prepared you for. And he's a ro- it's a role that I need you to fulfill. And everyone here in our local congregation needs you to fulfill. Because it's something that God designed you for and created you for. Now, as I mentioned at the outset, this list could go on longer than this. But what I wanted to do, instead of necessarily giving a laundry list of everything that we see women in the New Testament church doing or every instruction given. What I wanted us to do is just think for for a period of time this evening and perhaps continue thinking about this throughout the week ahead. Think about how important it is, men and women, that we recognize the ways in which we've been blessed 
We recognize the responsibilities that God has given to each of us within his church. And we set out to fulfill those. And in doing so, we unlock the potential that we have within ourselves personally. And we unlock the potential of the Lord's church in this community. But that can only be accomplished when each one of us understands the parameters and the boundaries that God has set up. And then we operate within those parameters and boundaries to fully express the gifts and the abilities that we have been given. And in doing so, we become good stewards, as we read about earlier, of what we've been entrusted with, the gifts that we have been given. As men, we have been given gifts that we need to utilize in the Lord's kingdom. And as women, you have been given gifts that you need to utilize within the Lord's kingdom. And if each of us are serious about doing that, that's when a local body flourishes. So it's important that we take time regularly to think about the gifts and the abilities that each of us have and to think about how we are utilizing those and to ask ourselves perhaps the difficult question at times, am I being a good steward of what God has entrusted me with? Am I being a good steward of who he has designed me and created me to be? There was one thing, as we mentioned at the outset of the lesson this evening, there's one thing that God has designed and created every single one of us to be. And I referenced that in Galatians chapter 3, and I want to conclude with that passage this evening. In Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God created every single one of us, every single one of us, to be an heir. He created every single one of us to be a child of his. He has given all of us the ability to be baptized in Christ, as Paul writes about here to the churches of Galatia, and to become a child of his. That's what he wants from all of us. He wants every one of us to fulfill that responsibility, to fulfill that role, to take advantage of that opportunity. Male or female, Jew or Greek, it doesn't matter. He has prepared each of us to be a child of his. But just like with all of the other roles that we've talked about this evening, we have to be good stewards of what he's prepared us to do. We have to recognize what he has prepared us to do, and we have to take full advantage of that in order to unlock its potential. If you're here this evening and you're not a child of God, you have yet to unlock the potential of what he created you to do and who he created you to be. Because he created you to be his child. He created you to have a relationship with him. To have your sins washed away because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. 
So if you haven't done that this evening, we want to encourage you and invite you to do that. If you have, but maybe you're living a life that doesn't reflect that, maybe, maybe at one time you recognize that in your life, but now as you reflect, you realize that you're not fulfilling the role that he's created you to fulfill. You're not operating as a child of his. You're, you're not being a good steward of the gift that he has been given to you. He's been patient. He's been long-suffering. And he wants you to come back to him. He wants you to be the person he created you to be. If we can help you in any way do that this evening, please come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.